gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler, brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here's your host, Jake Bakoven. Welcome into the Ticket Water Cooler. Happy Monday to everybody out there. Of course, it was a great weekend of basketball action. Not so much for Nate as his yeah. uh, Virginia Tech Hokies fell, but uh, for the Big Ten, <laughs> they got two teams into the Sweet 16. Plenty of uh, plenty of fun. Ultimately, my team, my prediction has fallen through. Auburn did not win the national championship. You still got uh, something going for you, Nate? You still got your your championship? In no, there? I had uh, Kentucky. I had I have Arizona in one. Uh, and then I took Virginia Tech. Oh, in you've like got five. multiple brackets. I, I had multiple brackets, but my my one was Virginia Tech in like five. But you didn't believe that. No. <laughs> What's I didn't. your truth? No, I actually you filled out no, one my, that you my true my actual one that I believed in was Kentucky. Okay. But I didn't realize that St. Peter's was going to be the best team. Yeah. In the nation. Which, <laughs> honestly, if there was ever a 15 seed to go to the Elite Eight, I think it might be St. Peter's. They look good, man. Yeah, they, they got look chance. good. No other 15 seed has done it, even the nope. runs that uh, nope. you know Florida Gulf Coast Dunk had. Dunk City. Yeah. Oral Roberts, your your team from uh, – That's my squad, Buck. You now, know you that's to, my squad. You might have to change it to St. Peter's uh, now. You think? If they make it to the Elite Eight, I might have to. Yeah. It'll be fun. It was a great a great weekend of action. We'll talk about that, too. Of course, the big news today, uh, folks, around Nebraska basketball. Bryce McGowan's uh, plans to hire an agent. He's off to the NBA draft. Uh, you know, kind of the big question, where does that put Nebraska? Uh, they had Sam Griesel over the weekend, uh, transfer from North Dakota State, yep. uh, former Lincoln East kid, so it'll be kind of cool to see how that plays out. Nicole Griffith actually has Sam Griesel on later tonight uh, on, on the ticket weeknight, so uh, that'll be exciting. Stay tuned for that. Um, but it really, I mean, this is not surprising, so I, I guess that's the um, the problem with the news. It would be a great uh, day for us uh, coverage-wise if we, we just could break some huge news that nobody saw right. coming. I guess the, the surprising aspect to me is that he is going to hire an agent because at this point at this point in time, uh, you know, you you can test the waters. They fixed that a few years ago. Absolutely. I thought that would be if anybody's in the position to test the waters, it's him. Um, but, you know, at the same time, we're all kind of thinking money-wise, his dream is to go to the NBA, and he's definitely Absolutely. has a chance to do that, definitely has an NBA body, has the athleticism, um, and, uh, and is going to be a prized possession for whoever drafts him as far right. as um, the upside that he has. So um, I, I don't see it as a mistake. I know some people do. They think that he could get higher pick in the lottery all that stuff if he came back for another year um i i say if, if the money's out in front of you go out and get it um because he could potentially if you if you are first round draft pick you're talking about more than two million guaranteed absolutely i can't tell anybody it's a bad idea to <laughs> no try, try to take that if especially that, when you work for it if that's the case though i mean we've talked to i think the best person to discuss and obviously you guys talk about this in the next hour uh on stricken block uh, on the block but Strick doesn't think that he's a first-round draft pick. No. And I'm – if there's anyone that I trust in this conversation, it's Eric Strickland. So where where does that put him? If, if he's – do we reach the point, and obviously we can't say if he's a first-round draft pick, like you said, you're making a million dollars. Who gives a damn what anyone says? Yeah. You're, you're a millionaire at 20 <laughs> years old. But 
if he becomes a fringe G League guy, I mean, do you think it's one of those situations where he wishes that he stayed another year at Nebraska? Obviously, we'll never know because, like you said, he's hiring an agent. He's leaving. He's gone. That's the reality. But does it ever go into someone's head, okay, maybe if I did stay another year, I'd be a first-round draft pick? I don't know. I mean, eventually, I think it, that it could play out that way. Um, you just got to kind of ask yourself, is it going to be better to grow your game playing at the NBA level? You know, iron sharpens iron, that type of thing is, yeah. is kind of probably the way he's looking at it. He could spend another few years here, try to get a bigger first contract, get into the lottery. But the other part of this, and, I, and a lot of people want to look the other way at this, um, but this is why I also agree that it's, it's time to go ahead and make the money for him, is that he's you can get injured. I mean, I, and, and I right. know everybody right. says that and just throw it because you can't play if you don't, you know, you can't act, play like you might get injured or, the, or you're going to get injured, all that stuff. Right. You don't want that in your head. But I think the Trey McGowan's injury has got to be something that he considers, right? Like it happened to my brother. Uh, he's had, he had, <laughs> for what it's worth, he had a few alley-oops that were a little bit scaring. His athleticism can get him kind of into danger at times right. if he's going in traffic and, and going to throw it down. Obviously, as a Nebraska fan, I would love to see him back till his senior year, right? I mean, I'd love for him to <laughs> Absolutely. Next yeah. year, and, and maybe yeah. you know, yeah. maybe they could argue that this could be a COVID year, so you get next year of eligibility. All that Who stuff. Knows? I just don't. I, I I think that for me, if if you have the opportunity to make that money, that's life changing money for not just you, but you know, generations down the line. Absolutely. Um, and it's not like it, it's not like winning the lottery, right? He put his blood, sweat, and tears. He grew up working uh, to do this, um, and this has always been his goal. I, I think that's another part of this, and that's part of probably what got him to Nebraska, you kind of think, because I, I always try to think through the minds of these guys. And, and you know, if you're a top-level guy and you just loved college basketball growing up, you might still go to Duke and Kentucky and then be able to get your one-and-done stuff. But I have to think, like, if, if college basketball was a big part of your goal growing up, I don't think you'd land in Nebraska is what I'm saying no. if you're a five-star athlete. No. No, so no. I, I think that he's been a guy that's always kind of – been looking at the next level and he let us know as much coming into the season he said he, he wants to be a one and done guy that's the plan uh and then he goes through he has the best points per game total of a, if any big 10 freshman uh since d'angelo russell that sounds like Something you're on said. he's at least on pace for what his goal was yeah and I, you can't fault the kid for leaving too i know there have been a few huster fans have been frustrated with the situation obviously they wanted him to stay so that he should have stayed another year at the end of the day we can sit here on the radio, we can sit here on Twitter, Instagram, whatever social media you want, whatever platform you want. It doesn't matter. The kid is going to go to the NBA, he's going to live out his dream, someone is going to call his name in the NBA draft, and he is going to be an NBA player. And who are we to say not to do that, right? And at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. We can have this discussion however long we want. Will he be a first-round pick? Will he be a second-round We won't know until June 23rd at the Barclays Center. That's, that's when this decision will be finalized. But good for him, man. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I I I couldn't be happy for him. Uh, I know you guys. I haven't met him. I know you guys oh, have yeah. met him a couple Class of times. Act, and he's as just far as a great kid. And I really do wish him the best. I hope he's yeah. a first-round draft pick. My opinion doesn't matter at the end of the day. It comes <laughs> down to the NBA scouts, right? Right. But uh, I hope he is because if, you, if you're in the second round, you don't get that guaranteed contract, and that's right. scary. And there's a lot of guys I've seen that have gone on to play in China and Italy, which is great success, going to make more money than we make. So there's something to be said for that too, but – if his goal is the NBA, I would have stayed another year. Eric says the same thing, but it doesn't matter what we think. Yeah, Greg and Lincoln says late first round gets you Golden State, Bucks, Sixers, Mavs. And you're going to the G League. Yeah. You're going to the G League. I do think that the, I think that Strick is right about that portion of it is that I don't know if he's NBA ready now. 
I agree with that. If you go to a lower level team, they might force you to kind of grow through it, right? If you get to Golden State and the Bucks, I mean, they're, they, you need to be a rotation player. He's, I don't know if he's ready for that um, just because he's got a few things to develop. Um, but he still would – I mean, at 19 years old with the athleticism he has – He's got an upside. He's got, he's got an huge upside. upside. So regardless of whether he's in the G League at first or, you know, kind of, they kind of bring him along and do the 10-day thing, um, he's going to be a prized possession to even if he is with, you know, Golden State uh, as they try to develop him. Uh, we got Nick in studio. Nick, what's up? Hey, so I just got off the phone with Craig, um, and he wanted to kind of have you guys touch on, maybe you already did it, uh, just the, the NIL deals. And mm-hmm. w- with a guy like Bryce, yeah. he his words, Craig's words specifically were, if he's a five star and all this, you got to think he's making six figures if he's that Close good. To it, yeah. And he's like, so why, you know, along those lines, I think what he was getting at is, is there not enough pull with NIL as maybe we thought to keep guys here? Well, there's a, again, I, <laughs> that's a loaded question. Six figures yeah. sounds great. And I think he probably is in that area. That's not two million. That's a big difference. From two million again, if you're guaranteed, now you can jump through the the G League, and you're not going to get the NI deals there, and, and all that stuff. Um, so, I mean, it is ultimately, regardless of what decision you make, obviously, even everybody for their own job uh, choices, their their pros and cons. But it, I, I I like the idea of Nebraska being out in front of the NIL thing, and a lot of people getting opportunities, and I think love that, it. that he's been a big part of that. Um, but it, I don't. I don't think the money touches two million dollars if you're. And that's again not guaranteed. But if he's a first round draft pick, um, I don't think the NIL is quite close to that. So I think that that's where um, you know. I think it helps. I think it probably played into his decision. Um, I think the bigger thing is again sometimes uh, it's it, it just comes down to what what the goal is and what the goal has always been for Bryce. He might have been, and we forget this with guys that could have been. You know, when they allowed it, and they might allow it again, is going straight straight from high school to the pros. He might have been one of those guys, and I I, I kind of think that about Teron Lou too. When people talk about Lou and not having enough, um, sometimes that you know you get upset after he won his championship. People, some people were upset that he mentioned his hometown of Missouri uh, City and didn't mention the Huskers. I think the Huskers and the college aspect for Teron Liu was always a part of his goal to get to the NBA. And I think that's kind of where Bryce McGowan's is. And that's, a, that's not, not a problem. Like, ultimately, every hoops you know guy with that level of talent, right? right? There's a lot of guys, D1 talent, and you know most of them still have the goal to get the NBA, but it's not so obvious that they're going to get there eventually, right? With Bryce's level of talent where it, it, it's been um, – probably projected the last few years now that you're going to be in the NBA someday. He's going to get kind of turn the yeah, you kind of turn your focus toward okay, I want to I want to be that guy. Not necessarily I hope I can, you know, s- stick through it and get to a sweet 16 one day. It just worries me because I I'm looking now back at the uh 2020 or was it 20 yeah, 2020 NBA draft contracts. So 31st pick, so first pick in the second round, uh, Tyrell Terry, four-year, $6.5 million. Great contract. Go down to 36, Dallas Mavericks, Tyler uh, Tyler Bay, two-way contract. So, I mean, there there is not much wiggle room there. So, I just have this feeling that if you're – because that's a good point. NIL, there is something to be said for that. Okay, yes, it's not millions of dollars, but you come back another season, I'm assuming those contracts that you signed, those agreements that you signed, those deals that you signed – they're not going away. So you go into a second season, you know you're getting that. 
Or you go into the NBA where, yes, you can be the first pick in the second round. You can make $6.5 million right off the gate. Or you can sign a minimum two-way contract. There's just such a huge swing in that. Someone has to be telling him, and obviously him and his family are the only ones to know the answer to this question. Someone has to be telling him he's a first-round draft pick. It just doesn't make any sense to me any other way. Someone has to be telling him that. Well, yeah, and I, but I think he's on the fringe of it, right? If you he look at the, at, the, at the mock drafts, he's anywhere from like pick 20 to early second round. That's where I think that this took some thought process. If he was obviously a top a lottery pick, like a top 15 pick, then he's gone. Don't think about it twice. Boom, the agent go, right? Absolutely. Yeah, there's no problem there. I thought that this would take some thought, and I, I can't wait for, for – to listen to Strick because I know Strick feels like he should have came back. I agree. Yeah, um, I'd but hear what he says. I, I, I think, you know, so I thought that there, w- there was a chance that Nebraska would get him back. A minute chance, a small chance, um, but I thought that I there thought was so a too. chance that they would get him back. Um, the hiring to the agent, to me, doesn't make the most sense in the world right now. But, it, again, it kind of – that goes from my perspective of – thinking that you might want to come back and play college ball. Again, there might this might not change whether he makes $2 million or is in the G League next year. Maybe that's his goal more so than Nebraska. So, it, you know, we can, we can say what we want about what we want for him and from him as Nebraska people, right, that have a, a dog in the fight. But ultimately, if he wants to play, if he'd rather be playing G League next year than Nebraska because he feels that's closer to the NBA or he's going to be get sharpened a lot more, at that level than he is in playing in the Big Ten. And that's another loaded question. Are we going to say playing in the Big Ten is more valuable than playing in the G League? I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I watch a lot more Big Ten basketball than I watch G yeah. League. I, w- I could be wrong. I'm assuming scouts probably watch a lot more Big Ten basketball than they watch G League. You know what you got with your guys in the G League. They're literally a part of your team. They're, on, they're yeah. under contract. These guys in the Big Ten, I mean, you're going up against – uh, Jaden Ivey every other night, a Kofi Coburn. I mean, they're going to be NBA scouts. They're going to be people watching your game night in and night out. And obviously, I'm not an NBA scout. I'm not going to speak for them. But if it were me personally, I'd put more weight into the Big Ten basketball. I would. I, I really would. Than G League basketball, I would put more weight into watching the Big Ten. I don't know. I, I I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I think I think as far as like publicity or publicity and you know marketability, you, it's certainly yeah. the NCAA. But if you watch the G League, if if you even watch summer ball, you can see that's higher level. Then I'm sorry. Then a lot of these basketball games that end up 46 to, <laughs> to 38. Some of them, and I know well. Nebraska likes to push the pace, so they might end up scoring 60. But it doesn't mean that the the basketball is a whole lot better. You know what I mean? So. I know it, it doesn't get as as much of a look, but I think that you would probably put more stock into the G League. A lot of those guys, you know, you look at the lottery this year, and they've just kind of made this available to them. But there's like three or four lottery guys from the G League Ignite team. So that's insane. Because, it, and it, it, but it basically Which changes the the whole way that it's structured. But now it, you have kids coming right out of high school. Yeah, and it makes sense though too. Like if if you if you stock them in the G League or if you go to the G League. Um, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily like again. You're not going to get the publicity or whatever, but that's like the idea that, that that maybe you've had for years, like Arch Manning, right? If you could draft Arch Manning right now, you're not going to get anything out of him. 
He's in the college, which is NFL is very different. I mean, you have grown men playing against a kid. Well, right. I'm not. I'm not. But what I'm saying is more. There's more a reason so than they anything. make them go three years, develop <laughs> your body, develop your skills, then you can come play in the NFL. What I'm saying is that for the franchise that drafts him, whether it's Golden State late in the first round, or you know the second round team, it can be the worst team in the league, whatever. And if he's not ready, you still feel good because you have the rights to him. If he's That's 19, fair. by the time he's 21 or whatever, he's still a young, got a lot of upside. Mm-hmm. But you've been able to work with him, and you don't have to worry about um, you know, him staking in college. You'll have, you'll have the rights to him. So I think there will be a little bit more value within the organization. But, again, sometimes you can get lost within an organization too um, where if you're not making the right amount of progress – They'll ship you off, but somebody's somebody's going to be interested in for the next several years, regardless, because of yeah. the athleticism he has and the upside. And that, it, it's all off upside. That's all this is, yeah. which is why it's scoring. He's, it's yeah, put enough work he, into he that. does. He's a scorer again. Shooting is not shooting necessarily su- suspect right? at times, but I think Greg makes a couple good points. Two mil, come back to get a degree later, live your dream. Absolutely. Then he says, don't get the agent though, because there's a chance you're making forty k in the G League. If he's a second-round pick, I don't think it'll reach a point where he's making 40K. I think those are more kind of the fringe guys playing either in the G League or Australia. But I, I don't know what kind of contract he would demand for a D, for a G Leaguer. And that's the one thing that you say, yeah, he's 19, you can develop in the G League. I've never entirely understood that. Why do you not want a Drew Timmy on your team? Sure, he doesn't have nearly as upside as, say, a Bryce McGowan's, a Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray, whoever have you. The kid plays hard. He's a good player, and yeah. sure, you can make the argument. Again, he doesn't have the upside. I would take him as a ninth man on my team. Maybe. And he's played basketball at a high level for four years. He's 23 years old. He's a grown man who can play with other grown men. I've never understood that. No, don't take him in the lottery, but why do you not want a kid? I said the same thing about Bonzi Colson when he was at Notre Dame. The dude was a two-time first-team All-ACC he was a little bit undersized, and just because he was 23 years old entering the draft, no one wanted him. He plays hard. He scores. He can shoot. He can rebound. Drew Timmy's the same way. Why do you not want a guy like that on your team? I've never understood that about the NBA. I've never got – you take a shot on these kids. How many of them pan out? Well, because you're but, – but they have a chance to, to be a, at a high, hit at a higher but rate. But then you than... end up like the Pistons and you just cycle through kids that aren't ever any good and just hoping that they'll be good one day. The Pistons is like the worst-case scenario. <laughs> I mean, yes. But, yeah. But, I mean, that It happens. can happen. It, it happens. Yeah. It, well, look, this is kind of what I was thinking, too, because, like, Trace Jackson Davis is a good basketball player. Can't I want him on my team. a three worth a lick, and that's where the game is, right? So right. he's kind of projected in the second round. Similar thing to what you're thinking about Drew Timmy. It's like, wh- what would this do to, like, a, a psycho T? Tyler Hansborough, when he came out, was a lottery pick. It was later. It was 13th. I don't know if he'd be picked in the first round right now. I don't think he would, but, yeah. which I just I don't understand. And obviously he didn't pan out in the NBA. I yeah. understand that, but I don't want a guy like that on my team, at least for a guy like that that spent four years in college – You've seen him play. You know what you get. With the Bryce McGowans, you have no idea. Hell, this kid could be the next Kobe, or he could be the next insert bust here. You just have no idea. At least with these seniors, man, you know what you get. You know what you're getting. Yeah, but they're it's right yeah. out in front of you. <laughs> but I just what you're never understood is the probably sentiment. somewhat replaceable is the problem. And I, I understand that, but I just never understand the sentiment that a guy is too old to start in the NBA. He's still twenty three years old. Since when is twenty three years old too old? 
I've never understood. When's the last time a senior was taken in the lottery? Yeah, it's very rare. Once in a while, uh, well, Doug McDermott was. Doug I mean, McDermott that's years ago, but was it Corey Kispert? I think he was just yeah, outside he might have the lottery, been. or was he in the lottery? I think he was barely a lottery. Yeah, and I just, I just don't get it. I don't understand. The kid's talented. He's played at a high level. He's twenty three for crying out loud. Since when is that too old? These kids that you draft at nineteen, like you said, Buck Bryce McGowan isn't even going to be ready till what twenty one, twenty two. So why does it matter if he plays college basketball or if he plays in the G League? I just don't understand it. And there are people that are a lot smarter than me, making a lot more money than me making these decisions. But time and time again, I see it, and it just doesn't work out. Well, if you're 23, the, the idea, too, is that you're probably closer to topping out on your potential. Right? Look, man, if Drew Timmy has peaked at his potential, I'll take him on my team. As a guy coming off the bench playing 10 minutes a game, why would you not want to? He plays hard. He boxes out. He gets rebounds. He can shoot for a big. I want him on my team. He swears too much in post-game interviews. <laughs> yeah. I think. He can't, he can't uh, hold his language. That's yeah. right. That's a, that's a problem for him. Uh, Craig says, please talk about the lack of NIL across the board. Uh, Box just said Nebraska's out in front, but a- actions don't speak those words. If Nebraska's hiding, not sharing, or not helping, uh, would really like informed info. The problem with NIL is, in, is informed info altogether. <laughs> is because a lot of this money is not cash. It's it's hidden. It's not it's mm. not from one company. The University of Nebraska does not have uh, is supposed to clear themselves of, of any ties to it. Right. Uh, it's all supposed to be, you know, just business. Um, so it's hard to really gather all that information together. I would love to see a database or databases, you know, as as close as you could Still to it as new well, too. I don't. Yeah. Think so new. Cycled through all that. Yeah. Um, but Nebraska, the reason why I say it is Nebraska's out in front uh, is because it's always made sense for it is because this is a market that's hot for college sports more so than almost just about any other market maybe yeah. outside of Alabama you're right um you know if, if you get, Clemson, if get maybe? basketball yeah. yeah um so it's uh that's why it makes a, a lot of sense for Nebraska um and then the other thing just l- listen to you know keep your ears open Casey Thompson is pretty open about it I thought of, yeah. right um, so, you know, but we'll see how, how much that should improve Nebraska over the years. It should give them an advantage, but it's, I think it's going to be still quite a bit until we get a, a, you know, a database to work from on what the exact numbers are there. I don't know if we'll ever get that, um, because it's just really hard to track. I take Casey Thompson's word for it though. He yeah. threw the hundred thousand dollar number out there and I don't know why he would lie about that. I don't know. I, 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 I take his word for it, but I also, again, you're listening to a college kid who has, you know, just t- kind of telling you his experience, right? And I'm not saying, I'm not taking away, he's a smart kid. He might, uh, you know, he, he processes this stuff and probably has thought about it through what I'm about to say. But there's a big difference between what the quarterback at Nebraska can make <laughs> and what the second team tight end makes, right? Especially yeah. a second team tight end at Iowa State. You also got to realize, though, if you're a five-star quarterback recruit, your expectation is probably going to start. I yeah. would assume. If you're a highly touted recruit, come to Nebraska. You make some money. That's right. We're going to keep yelling it <laughs> as loud as we can yep. until these teams get better. Uh, we got to take a break here on the uh, on the ticket water cooler. We'll be right back on 93.7 The Ticket.